against Bitcoin. It's going up forever. You're against Bitcoin, you're against freedom. Welcome to Simply Bitcoin Live, we're your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolutionary color, breaking news, culture, matic warfare. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. Guys, welcome. Help. Welcome to the Valentine's Day special, February 14th of the most watched uh, Simply uh, Bitcoin only live show on YouTube, Rumble and X. Guys, welcome to Simply Bitcoin. If you guys are new to the channel. Uh, we have a lot in store for you, for, for you today. We have a great show. Uh, but first, we're going to start off with, uh, you know, the question, the question, the ultimate question. Why is Bitcoin going to go up forever? So we're going to ask that question. We're going to answer that question. We're going to also answer the question as to why Bitcoin continues to go parabolic. Uh, we've been talking about it for the last couple of days uh, there's a there's a supply shock and that supply shock is about to get cut in half in April and Wall Street continues to gobble up enormous amounts of Bitcoin. We have the data for you. This is absolutely insane. This is completely uncharted territory. Um, and I'm going to go back to what I said on yesterday's episode. Highly recommend watching that one where I said, listen, guys, last bull market was cut short because of the CCP Bitcoin mining ban. But I don't think that's going to happen this cycle. And then you sprinkle in the ETFs and then you sprinkle in uh, the halving coming up. It creates a perfect storm. Now, I'm not saying it's a sure thing, right? Because, you know, it felt like a sure thing back in 2020, 2020, 2021. But, you know, it does seem like all the stars are aligning. And there's a part of me that's like, the reason that I'm like so skeptical about it and a lot of us are skeptical about it is because a lot of us have PTSD, especially if you're a class of 2016, 2017, we have PTSD from the last cycle kind of cutting it short a little bit. Right. And a lot of people are like, wow, like I, I you know, I endured the 2018, 2019 uh, bear market, which was absolutely brutal. And then this is what I got. Right. So a lot of us are still kind of like in disbelief. You know, we, 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 we see the price go up. It feels good. We're like, I remember this feeling, but at the same time, we're like, like looking, you know, over our shoulder, kind of skeptical. So, um, but anyways, if you look at the data, the data tells a very, very strong story. And, uh, we're going to get into all that today. The other part of the show during the news and the culture, we're going to continue covering the separation of money and state how the states attempted uh, resistance against the adoption of Bitcoin. The separation of money and state is ultimately futile. It's not going to work. But that doesn't mean that they can't make your life incredibly difficult, especially if you live in a jurisdiction that is hostile to Bitcoin. So we're going to cover all that. We're going to go through the history. Uh, we're going to go through some of the latest talking points. And, you, and you've heard this uh, coming out of the current administration, uh, coming out of some politicians, uh, you have to understand that put put taxation aside. Let's not talk about that uh, on this show, but let's talk about the indirect taxation, which is truly how governments are able to spend more than they collect in tax revenue, which is the taxation of inflation. And really what that is, is a wealth redistribution mechanism. 
and you have politicians and bureaucrats and a whole administrative state that is built on top of that mechanism. What happens when that mechanism gets removed, right? What happens, right? All of human society changes, right? And this is the theory from the sovereign individual. This is a theory that not only is it talked about in the sovereign individual, if you've gone, if you've been in Bitcoin for a while and you go down the rabbit hole, uh, you reach that inevitable conclusion like, holy shit, this is really gonna change things. And I'll give you guys examples if you guys are Bitcoiners. Have you ever guys walked around the airport like through the TSA and then you're just like walking around like normie land and you're looking around and you're just like realizing like how inefficient this stuff is, right? That's what I'm talking about, right? But the world hasn't woken up to this new paradigm shift, to this new reality, which creates a massive opportunity because it's cheaper Bitcoin. But you're running out of time because Wall Street has woken up to Bitcoin's incentives and they're coming in hard and they have a lot of money. So don't sell your Bitcoin to Larry Fink. And this is just beginning. Like this ETF got approved in January and look at where we are now. This is going to be a, a crazy, crazy ride. Anyways, no more delay. This is the Valentine's Day <laughs> special. So uh, coiners, we don't have girlfriends. So I'm bringing on, I'm bringing in the next best thing, which is my best friend, my co-host Optimus Fields uh, to, you know, to, to come on today's episode. But the good thing is guys that we are heading into a bull market. So we all might get girlfriends at the end of all this. Uh, so there is some good news. There is light at the end of the tunnel. If you huddle to the end of the bull market, you might get a girlfriend. Anyways, how you doing Opti? I'm doing wonderful, bro. Life's good. God is good. You know, usually my mom's the best uh, Valentine's Day, but I guess Nico's the best Valentine's Day. Uh, Did partner, you get me a gift? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I showed up today. <laughs> is, this, is this our Valentine's Day date? Is this the yeah, date? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Live on air. Uh, Simply Bitcoin dating channel coming soon. Uh, yeah, man. What a what a crazy, crazy time. It, it feels good. You know, 50, what, we're at 52K right now. Bitcoin just passed a trillion dollars market cap again. It's almost like we were right. It's almost like we were right. But also on that same vein, I think we also need to stay very vigilant right now. I, I was watching the um, Whitney Webb, Mark Goodwin on what Bitcoin did this morning. I highly recommend you guys watch it. It's a good, good rip. I have like 20 minutes left. Highly recommend you watch that. So uh, I think it's very important that we don't get caught up in the number go up fervor. And we remember why we're here with Bitcoin and what we're really trying to do. So I think this is going to be a very important year and we're just starting to see it play off right now, pop off. So it feels good, man. It feels good to be a Bitcoiner. Yeah. Maybe, maybe by the end of the year, Nico, I will have a girlfriend. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And <laughs> I think you bring up a really good point, which is like not to get caught up in like the fervor. Right. And remember guys, we are here for the separation of money and state. That is the ultimate end goal. The awesome part about Bitcoin is that you might get rich in the process, especially if you stay humble, stack sats, stay solvent. Um, so you might get wealthier in the process. But the ultimate end goal is the separation of money and state. That's what we want. That's what's going to fix the world. That's what's going to fix a lot of people's economic woes. That's what's going to end the endless wars. Do you want a life better for your kids and your grandchildren and the future generations? We must separate money from state, right? That's that's the end goal. Uh, but the awesome part about the separation of money and state, unlike the separation of church and state, 
is that I believe this is going to be a lot less violent because all it requires, it doesn't, you know, require you to pick up a gun and, you know, fight or whatever. Just not that type of revolution. It's a peaceful one. All you got to do is you just got to opt out You say, listen, I'm going to buy Bitcoin, mine Bitcoin, earn Bitcoin and take that Bitcoin out of the system and take it into self-custody. And if enough people do that, we win and there's absolutely nothing they could do about it. It's as simple as that. Like, it's really not rocket science, right? Um, so anyways, yes, it's important as number goes up and, you know, everyone starts to get happy and they're looking at their portfolios and saying like, holy cow, this is great. And you start getting texts from your friends. And saying, you start hey, looking man, at new cars and new houses you know, you start and going stuff. on Zillow and like whatever, <laughs> like all that stuff. Remember, remember that's what a the, top signal. <laughs> remember what the yeah, that is a top single and a signal. And remember what the ultimate end goal here, the ultimate end goal is the separation of money and state. So keep your eye on the target. Uh, and we're going to win this thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, no more delay. Let's jump straight into the show. But before we do that, I do want to give a shout out to our flagship sponsor. Speaking of taking Bitcoin into self-custody, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bitcoin Well. Buy real Bitcoin. Bitcoin Well is the self-custody Bitcoin platform on a mission to enable independence. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first Bitcoin on-ramp in the USA that is self-custody by default. When you buy Bitcoin on Bitcoin Well, you have to take self-custody, and that perfectly aligns with the Simply Bitcoin ethos, which is the separation of money and state. So you can uh, it's a fast account verification, free and automatic Bitcoin withdrawals, recurring purchases purchases and they just expanded to all 50 states it's a publicly traded company in the u.s and in canada guys check out bitcoin well go to bitcoinwell.com today all right everybody let's hit the numbers we have a lot to talk about the bitcoin numbers is your bitcoin in cold storage really secure is your seed phrase really secure stamp seeds do-it-yourself kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper don't store your generational wealth on paper paper is prone to water damage fire damage you want to put your generational wealth on one of the strongest metals on planet earth titanium your words are actually stamped into this metal plate with this hammer and these letter stamps and once your words are in they aren't going anywhere no risk of the plate breaking apart and pieces falling everywhere titanium stamp seeds will survive nearly triple the heat produced by a house fire they're also crush proof waterproof non-corrosive and time proof all things that paper is not allowing you to huddle your bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul stamp your seed on stamp seed you want to make it over the finish line with your generational wealth and the way that you do that is by properly securing your bitcoin wallet seed words you want to you want to secure them properly not on paper one of the strongest metals on planet earth Steel is good, but you got to level it up. You got to go to titanium. That's why you got to get yourself a stamp seed uh, Bitcoin seed phrase storage kit. You can use promo code simply anything off the site, 15% off. And uh, yeah, yeah. Don't put yourself in that position where you have to explain to your grandchildren why you lost their Bitcoin. At the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is 51610 Sats per dollar. We we kissed $52,000 earlier on today. I was so hyped. Sats per dollar under uh, under 2,000. Great to see. Uh 
1938 block height 830,454 continues to make all-time high that's a good sign blocks to having 9546 blocks we're very very close having estimate april 19 2024 total lightning network capacity 4773 bitcoin capacity value 246 million us dollars realized monetary inflation 1.75% here it comes, ladies and gentlemen, market capitalization of Bitcoin, $1.01 trillion. We are back over the trillion dollar mark and Bitcoin is just getting started. Bitcoin versus gold market cap, 7.34%. In the grand scheme of things, Bitcoin's just getting started. Uh, 10x to gold. Oh, we're so, I'm almost a 10x, more than a 10x to gold. It's going to feel so good when we cross that number. So ladies and gentlemen, why is the price continuing to pump? Right. Especially like if you look at Bitcoin's history, it's pumping before the having It's kind of strange. Like this has never happened before. Um, well, it's because Wall Street continues to gobble up massive amounts of Bitcoin. Bit uh, BlackRock now owns one hundred and five thousand Bitcoin. Fidelity now owns seventy nine thousand Bitcoin. Just to kind of give you a frame of reference. Uh, a week ago or two weeks ago when we started reporting on these numbers, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it, BlackRock had, uh, it was, I think, 75,000 Bitcoin. Fidelity had like 60,000 Bitcoin. So they're buying tens of thousands of Bitcoin, right? And they're almost, you know, they're almost going to catch up to MicroStrategy, right? It took MicroStrategy a long time to get those 190,000 Bitcoin. Uh, you know, these guys... You know, they're just gobbling it up. And it's just important to remember, ladies and gentlemen, like, look, like, it's not your keys, not your cheese. So, you know, obviously a lot of people are choosing or they're opting in to the convenience of the spot Bitcoin ETF. But guys, that it, like, I'm telling you, like governments are, look, look at it from a historical perspective. If governments get in a pickle, um, you know, we have a repeat of a 6102 order. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to go for the low-hanging fruit. But if you have your Bitcoin in self-custody, which is what we advocate for, all our partners really advocate for that, right? Bitcoin, well, self-custody by default. Foundation, Passport, it's a hardware wallet. Stamp seed, like literally, we're giving you the tools for you to take self-custody. Um, so there's no excuse. Don't get caught with your pants down uh, if this happens in the future. I'm not saying it's going to, but I mean, look, guys, remember 6102. Could you imagine in the US of America, the United States of America, the US government made it illegal for citizens to own a metal, a like gold? Like think about like think about that, right? And of course, look at the last century. Like, you know, governments have a uh, a, a, a rocky a, a rocky track record to say the least right this is what the separation of money and state is all about this is what bitcoin fixes right you get the money outside of the control of central bankers and politicians like you get it out of their hands right and i think the world will be a much better place for it Anyways, uh, so I tweeted this out this morning. Uh, Wall Street is running out of coins to buy and the supply is about to get cut in half in 60 days. Are you not entertained? Here's Anthony Pompliano. Anthony Pompliano, he says, there was $631 million of net inflows to the spot Bitcoin ETFs yesterday. That's 14 times more demand than the network produced in the same day. 
I don't think people understand the magnitude of what is happening right now. So you're seeing number go up. This is why. And around the corner, ladies and gentlemen, is the having in 60 days, right? So that 14X number that Pomp is talking about, that's literally double that, 30X, right? So they're gobbling up 30 times on a daily basis, 30 times the amount of Bitcoin that is being produced on the same day. And unlike gold, remember, because gold is scarce, right? Gold is very scarce. It's hard to get out of the ground. When the price of gold goes up, the production of gold goes up as well. When the price of Bitcoin goes up, the production stays the same and it gets cut in half every four years. That makes Bitcoin unique. There's nothing else in the world like that. You have to remember that. All right, so this is kind of like a meme video, but it's absolutely hilarious. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, uh, American HODL uh, giving some technical analysis. Let's check it out. So, as you can see here on the chart, for like four years, Bitcoin was in like the hundreds of dollar range. And it just kind of hung out there. Yeah, like maybe it bounced down, maybe it bounced up. But it was basically in the hundreds of dollar range for like four fucking years. Then it went to the thousands of dollar range and it just stayed there. Yeah, it bounced above 10 briefly, but it went in the thousands of dollars range. Then it went to the tens of thousands of dollars range and it stayed there for three fucking years. And now we're coming to the end of it. What the fuck do you think is going to happen next? You think it's going to go to the zero dollar range? No, it's going to a hundred thousand fucking dollars. The fuck God. Beautiful TA from American Hoddle. I think it's a uh, you know, joined his paid group. A uh, 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 very very appropriate uh, market signals and appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Hoddle. Uh, on a more serious note, here is Michael Saylor uh, on CNNBC, and of course he takes a more serious approach. Let's check it out. You know, I think a lot of this is just indicative of the popularity of Bitcoin as an asset class. It's it's now the world's most popular investment asset. It's novel. It's digital. It's global. It's unique and it's uncorrelated to traditional risk assets because it doesn't come with exposure to any given country, currency, company, quarterly result, product cycle, competitor, not to weather, not to war, not to an employee base or supply chain. And so that makes it a natural addition to the portfolio of a responsible investor. There's 10 years of pent up demand. People have been waiting for these ETFs. And, and finally, uh, mainstream investors are able to access Bitcoin. And I think that's what's driving the surge of capital in the asset class. And initially, there was a rebalancing as people were moving capital between the futures market and the miners and microstrategy and the ETFs. But following that rebalancing, I think uh, the, uh, the assets found its footing. And now people are beginning to realize that there's 10 times as much demand for Bitcoin coming in through these ETFs as there is supply coming from the natural sellers who are the miners. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, and, and I just want to emphasize that enough. Right. Which are the natural sellers, the miners, because people have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, like what the sell pressure is. Right. So it's roughly 900 Bitcoin mined a day. Right. Uh, multiply that by 51,000. Right. That's forty five million dollars worth of Bitcoin mined every single day. Say that, you know, 30 percent of that or, you know, 30 percent of that, 40 percent of that, 50 percent of that is used to you know, pay for electricity bills, right? Uh, that's $20 million of sell pressure uh, on a daily basis that Bitcoin has to put up with. That's about to get cut in half in April, right? And of course, I just did math off the top of my head, did a bunch of estimations, but just to kind of give you guys an idea of why Bitcoin is going to go up forever. Now, here is uh, Jeffy, Jesse Strader. Shout out, he's part of Bitcoin Kindergarten with Opti. And, Shout uh, out, Jessifer. 
And, uh, you know, here is Preston Pish talking to Pierre Richard on the Investors Podcast. But it seems like this was like OG back in the day. And uh, let's take a look at what Pierre had to say. Honestly, what do you think is a conservative? And that's how I like to look at it is like, what do you think yeah. the conservative end of this is? And whenever I think through that, I think, you know, on the really low end, if I had to be extreme on the low end, I think it's a trillion dollars at the at like. If you had to be ridiculously low, I would say a trillion dollars per Bitcoin. Honestly, would <laughs> <laughs> and I get what everyone like. And I know some of you are going to be like, Nico, you're wrong. This is wrong. You're wrong. OK, well, I love the IQ bell curve uh, chart because it really kind of just shows, lays out the case, uh, you know, BlackRock is buying $500 million uh, per day, and we can see the supply constraint with full transparency beforehand. Uh, just don't mid-curve it, right? It's really, really not that complicated. And, and, and like in case you guys like still don't quite understand, I will literally pull up a fancy graphic uh, for you guys to kind of understand, you know, on, on a daily basis, how much Bitcoin they're stacking and how much Bitcoin is being produced, and not to mention the fact of, I'm not selling, are you selling Opti? You know, so like the hodlers aren't selling, so who's selling this? That's, you know, it's basic supply and demand. If no one is selling at these prices, what tends to happen to the price? Number go up, and that's what's, that's what's happening. Now, wait till the world, uh, you know, wakes up to this reality. Wait, wait till the world. Wall Street is waking up to this. Bitcoiners have woken up to this a long time ago, right? Shout out to the OGs. Can't say that I am class of 16, Opti class of 17, same class in my eyes, right? So, but we've been saying this for a while now, right? Like it's incredibly obvious. It's infinity divided by 21 million. That's why Michael Saylor says his famous line, it's going up forever, Laura. But take a look at the events that are about to happen. Break it down one more time. The ETF which was is the best performing ETF in the history of the US. It's already in the top 10 out of 3,100 ETFs, right? Black, last time I checked BlackRock was in eighth place out of 3,100 ETFs and Fidelity was in 10th place. This thing's only been around for a couple of months. Look at the record inflows. We show you guys that number every single day. That number keeps going up, which means more and more people are buying that ETF via BlackRock and via Fidelity, right? So that there's that happening. Then the having the amount of self, the amount of Bitcoin that's going to be able to be sold on the market is about to get cut in half in April. And then four years after that, in 2028, it's going to get cut in half again. Do you understand where I'm going with this, right? And now I'm comparing contrast that with the M2 money supply chart. Compare and contrast that with fiat that they could literally just print out of thin air. It like <laughs> the, that's why I played you the American HODL video in the beginning. Like, you know, it's so obvious. Don't mid, don't mid exactly what Dylan, Dylan said, like don't uh, mid level IQ it. Like it's really not that difficult to understand. It's, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's an, there's only 21 million Bitcoin. There's estimated four of them for about 4 million are lost. There's 8 billion people on the planet. 
you know, there's 300 million people just in the US, there's 60 million millionaires, just if every millionaire wanted one Bitcoin, they literally could not afford it. Uh, yeah, yeah, this thing is going up forever. That's why it's going up forever. It's just really hard to understand. I get it. I understand. I've been there, right? But that's why it's so important to look back in the past and you'll see the the post on Bitcoin forums of people literally regretting like 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 wow, I missed a hundred like I missed Bitcoin when it was at eight dollars. Now it's a hundred dollars. I I missed the train. You hear that right now, you're like a hundred dollar Bitcoin, like holy cow, right? So now that we're sitting at fifty-one thousand dollar Bitcoin, think five years from now, think ten years from now, when you had the opportunity to buy it at these price levels, right? So, anyways, Opti, what's your take on all this, bro? It's a bullish episode. It's a bullish episode. Wow, so bullish. I just choked on my own saliva. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Opti's almost died. Tur Opti's turning red. <laughs> almost um, died live is, on air. It is Valentine's Day, so <laughs> I understand. Wow. All right. Uh, what do I think of this? First and foremost, Nico, you're really making me look bad at the very beginning. I said, let's try not to get too crazy. And then Nico just jumps into like the most bullish sentiment. Hey, hold, hold on a second. How is that? How is that like bullish sentiment? Like oh, I laid man. out the facts, bro. I know. Okay? I know. I, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, like to me, I'm just feeling facts. so bullish. Like literally, I'm I'm going 180 on what I told you guys in the beginning. I'm just gonna go like full bulltard here. And you know, shouts out to American Hoddle and Piero Shard. I, I I remember that Piero Shard clip. It is definitely I think a few years old by now. And American Hoddle just cracks me up. And and this is kind of what I'm saying. Like, look, I get as bulltarded as everyone, and we're all feeling the fervor. And I'm sure this whole year we're gonna get even crazier. But when you really break down the fundamentals of what's going on, it's super hard not to get bullish on Bitcoin when you understand what is actually happening in real time. And this is why we always say, as the meme goes, you know, it's going up forever. And so it's very simple there. I think the total market and I, and I might be overshooting this a little bit, but the last time I checked, I think the total Global assets is like $900 trillion. It is. It is. Yeah. Yep. And Bitcoin just passed again $1 trillion. And gold is roughly around what, like 10 13. trillion? Yeah, it's 13. 13 now. So, like, if you don't fundamentally get where this is going, all I can say is, you know, one, watch more simply Bitcoin Two, maybe do some research or just go full left side of the bell curve and just stack Bitcoin <laughs> yeah, as much exactly. as possible. Just don't even worry about the price. Just stack as hard as possible and hold it for as long as possible. And in time, you're going to be very, very happy that that is what you did. And like it, it's very simple, you know, 21 million hard cap. And then you add on top of that, that there's probably like 5 million Bitcoin lost or something like that. Bitcoin is even more scarce than we understand. And 8 billion people are going to vie for the position to try to get some Bitcoin. So at the price that it is now, what, roughly 50K? There, the the price has to go up. It, it's just simple maths. You know, maths is hard, but it's just simple maths. But on the ETF news... Uh, circling back a little bit, man, the amount of Bitcoin that that they're scooping up, Nico, 
I don't know. Maybe it's just like my paranoid Bitcoin, uh, you know, mind going off. But it's starting to I'm starting to feel that like kind of scared. Like, oh, my God, they're you taking. Should, so, I know. I know. Be. It's you like they're be. taking so much Bitcoin. It's absolutely insane. Uh, I know. Wait, everyone wait, 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 out hold there. on. That, that's a good point. That's a good point. We should actually talk. Yeah, they are. They are taking a lot of Bitcoin, but it's important to like take a look at the pers like a perspective of of, you know, like essentially how, who's holding what. But in the grand scheme of things, guys, this is nothing compared to the hodlers, right? Like the hodlers own the vast majority of Bitcoin. Like these guys don't even come close. Like even with the U.S. government trying, you add all of this, right? It's a couple million Bitcoin. There's 21 million. Where are the rest of that Bitcoin? That The rest of that Bitcoin, the OGs, right? The exchanges, right? Individuals. So yeah, I mean, we front ran Wall Street, we front ran governments and the U.S. <laughs> government for some reason keeps selling it to us for, for dollar, for paper money they can print more of, right? So anyways, uh, I get you, bro. I get you, but Bitcoin's the money of enemies. We have to be okay with, I, you know, I am totally okay, okay with, with it. that, but I'm also trying to stay vil uh, vigilant here. You know, Larry Fink is scooping up way too much Bitcoin. It just, it makes me uncomfortable, but <laughs> this is why, you know, this is why Bitcoin is the real Occupy Wall Street. You know, take stealing a meme from the past. As much Bitcoin as they try to scoop up, this is why it's so important for everyone to be hodling. And again, the numbers there, what is it? Like 70 to 80% of all Bitcoin is being hodled by people that know what's what what they're holding. So, hey, you know, if, if uh, Wall Street wants to, incentivize you to sell them their Bitcoin, then the price is going to have to go up before people start dropping Bitcoin. So, hey, what a, what a time to be a Bitcoiner. We hashtag Frant ran Wall Street. Frant ran. And, <laughs> Fran ran. And, and now we're starting to see the world's waking up to it. So it's just, hey, man, it feels good being a Bitcoiner. This is why it's always life is good when the show starts, because no matter what's going on in the world, you own Bitcoin and you're ahead of the curve. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Awesome. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about during the news. Uh, so started off bullish, started off optimistic. Uh, but now we got to cover, uh, we got to cover the, you know, a quick update on the separation of money and state. What is currently happening? Uh, kind of like what the mental gymnastics are. A lot of, a lot of people that believe in the fiat system. So we're going to cover that, uh, what the consequences are. And uh, remember, you know, uh, if you had the power of the money printer, uh, you know, maybe you have a high moral code, right? But a lot of people in power, you can't say they have high moral codes, right? Uh, would you just give over that power gently? No, of course not. Do you think governments are going to just give over that privilege or do you think they're just going to say, oh, you know what? There's a better money, guys. Uh, we're just going to go gently into that good night. That's not going to happen. Right. So there is going to be a little bit of resistance. And that's why it's important what Opti was saying that we, we remain vigilant on what is exactly happening. And also we take action. And the action that you can take is taking Bitcoin into self custody and then spreading the orange gospel, right? Going to your friends and family. If they don't know how to take self custody, be that Uncle Jim in your family, be that person right? That shows them the benefits of self-custody, how to take self-custody, right? So this is how we win, ladies and gentlemen, winning over the hearts and minds. We have to have uh, an intransigent minority in the U.S. so that 
if any type of very anti-hostile Bitcoin regulation gets introduced, it has absolutely no shot of getting passed because such a large percentage of the population are holding Bitcoin themselves, right? We have to get to that point. Uh, there's going to be an inevitable clash. Governments are not going to like competition, right? You're starting to see inklings of that. So we're going to talk about all that during the, new, during the news. Let's get to it. Here we go. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to get into Bitcoin mining and don't know where to start? That's why I want to introduce you to Scott's Build a Mine Bootcamp. He will show you how to build your own Bitcoin mine, how to get the project funded, how to get your facility filled with miners as quickly as possible. With a little luck and by putting all his techniques and strategies to work that he's developed mining Bitcoin for the last six years, you could be mining 5 million Satoshis per day or 0.05 Bitcoin in less than three months. On the free webinar, he will give you a high level roadmap that will help you get on your way to building, owning, and operating your own Bitcoin mining farm. Begin your mining journey today. Register for the free webinar now. Click the link in the description of the video below or contact Scott directly on Telegram using his handle at OfferedScott and learn how to mine those precious, precious Satoshis. The Daily News. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Foundation Devices. It's self-custody done right. They built a premium grade hardware wallet called Passport right here in the US. It's fully open source and verifiable. It's the most intuitive Bitcoin wallet designed with a UX reminiscent of a simple feature phone. So you will know how to navigate it and use it the moment you pick it up. Get your Bitcoin off exchanges and into your into your own hands in just a few minutes. Experience the peace of mind that comes with taking ownership of your own keys. After a massive sellout during Bitcoin Miami 2023, the passport is back in stock at foundationdevices.com. Bitcoin only, open source verifiable, completely air gap security model, gorgeous design craft, premium grade materials. If you're thinking about getting your Bitcoin off exchanges, this is the one for you. Check out the passport link in the show notes below to learn more. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So I do the first segment. What I'm going to cover is uh, basically the disconnect, uh, the disconnect between politicians. And also, I would only say the disconnect. Frankly, I'm just going to be blunt. The gaslighting, because that's really what it is. Um, and you have to understand that this is the separation of money and state. Okay. And the way that we win, ladies and gentlemen, is by waking up people to the truth. Okay. Don't fall for the left and right divide and conquer. I'm going to vote Donald Trump, or I'm going to vote Joe Biden to office. I'm not saying voting isn't important. But I'm saying the most important vote that you can actually make that will actually make a difference is by taking Bitcoin into self-custody, literally. Like you could scan the QR code, take you to the Foundation Devices website. There's a bunch of other hardware wallets too. Um, obviously, we recommend our sponsor. But like literally, that is the most important vote you can make is taking Bitcoin into self-custody. That is how we're going to effectuate change. So I don't care if you ideologically... Uh, you know, lean left or ideologically lean right. I don't, I don't care, right? What I care about is, are you on team freedom? Are you on team Bitcoin? Are you on team optimism, peace, prosperity, opportunity for all? Or are you on team green, team nihilism, team theft, 
team poverty, team nihilism. That's really the battle at hand. And you have to take action and agency and you have to take this upon yourself. It's not as easy as just tuning into Simply Bitcoin every single day, right? It's you have to go out and tell your friends and family around you and you have to tell them, right? Because I'm sure a lot, you see this all the time. It's rampant all over YouTube. Like you see a lot of these political channels, right? Whether they're on the left and the right and they're just complaining and they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're like, they're doing all these things. And, and like as Bitcoiners, we have the solutions to half those problems. If you fix the base layer of society, if you fix the money, it re I truly believe a lot of the world's problems would go away and a lot of the people fighting would stop fighting. The fighting is caused because feel people are feeling the pain. That's really where it comes from. But the way that politics is set up right now is that it's like instead of personal, instead of being like, dude, it's the money printing. What they do is that they blame the other political party in power. That's what they do. So don't get distracted by that and stay on message. Remember, Democrat, Republican, I don't care. I will vote for you if you are going to protect my right, to, even, though, even though I'm going to do it anyway. But if you're going to protect my right to self-custody, if you're going to protect my, my uh, you're going to protect me as a Bitcoiner, you're going to stand up for me as a Bitcoiner. If you're a Democrat, Republican, I will vote for you. I don't care. Right. And wherever you live around the world, because I know we have viewers all around the world, it's the same thing. Is your politician, is the politician that's representing you, are they for Bitcoin or the anti-Bitcoin? If they're anti-Bitcoin, they're pro-theft. If they're anti-Bitcoin, they're pro-war. If they're anti-Bitcoin, they're for, they're, they're for uh, control, right? That's simple as that. This is really not complicated. So anyways, all of that being said, uh, let's play you guys this clip. Uh, very interesting. Let's check it out. You're calling for a $50 an hour federal minimum wage. That's seven times the current national minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. Can you explain how that would be economically sustainable for small businesses? You have 60 seconds. First, let me say I um, owned and ran a small business for um, 11 years. I created hundreds of jobs, benefits, retirement benefits, also health care benefits. I know what worker productivity means, and that means that you have to make sure that your employees are taken care of and have a living wage. In the Bay Area, uh, I believe it was the United Way, came out with a report that uh, very recently, $127,000 for a family of four is just barely enough to get by. Another survey very recently, $104,000 for a family of one, barely enough to get by. Low income because of the affordability crisis. And so just do the math. Just do the math. Of course we have national uh, minimum wages that we need to raise to a living wage. You're talking about $20, $25, fine. But I have got to be focused on what California needs and what the affordability factor is when we calculate this wage. Okay. Okay. So talking about the affordability prices, talking about, you know, people can't afford stuff and the solution to this is just raising the minimum wage. Like, but the problem is, and th this is, ladies and gentlemen, where we have to wake people up to the scam, the racket. Because this is a scam. Guys, if you use better money, 
you don't need a raise in minimum wage. Everything gets cheaper. Simple as that. If you use a, if you use sound money, you won't need to rate. It's like that. That isn't even talked about. The reason they have to keep on raising wages the way they are is because of this. The amount of money that they're printing. Check this out. So this is the M2 money supply chart by the Fed, right? Take a look at housing prices. Hmm, this is not a coincidence. Why did why did they just why did it just go up? Why did it just go up when they printed all that money? When they print money, it's a wealth redistribution mechanism from the lower and middle classes that don't have the means to save in assets back to the very wealthy that do have the means to save in assets, even though they're not necessarily getting wealthier, maybe getting wealthier on paper, and back to the government. You want to know what the solution is to this problem, the affordability crisis? It's the separation of money and state. It's getting the state out of money. You want to know why things are not affordable? It's because of inflation. You know who's responsible for inflation? Not companies. And remember, Joe Biden gaslit us too. Remember the Super Bowl? He took advantage of the Super Bowl to uh, lecture us about Super how... Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, to lecture us essentially about how, you know, these fiat junk foods are getting smaller and smaller in their packaging, uh, but uh, and, and they're blaming companies. And this lady right now, she's blaming companies. She's saying, like, companies should raise the minimum wage. No one could afford to live. That is literally caused because you guys printed so much money. Government is responsible for this. So seeking a solution from the people that are responsible, I think, is a bit naive. And then not only that, it's not only seeking a solution and they're offering a solution, it's that they have the gall to gaslight you in the process and basically call you crazy and say, hey, listen, uh, Turk, uh, Thanksgiving has actually gotten cheaper. These companies are the ones that are effing you because they're greedy and taking profits. It has nothing to do with the fact that we're debasing the currency. Therefore, it puts, a, it puts these companies in a position where, hey, guess what? Now they have to uh, either shrink the packaging to keep the prices around the same level so that people buy their products. What the F happened in 1971, right? It's a very, very important question to ask. And again, the numbers show for it. The numbers show it. And not only do the numbers show it, ladies and gentlemen, because most, important, most importantly, you have to focus on uh, how they react to it. Right. Because if there's a solution to this, if there's a solution to the quote unquote affordability crisis, if you've been saving in Bitcoin, five year time scale, which is what we recommend, everything has gotten cheaper. The dollar, oil, let's go to commodities, right? Beef, eggs. Remember, that's one of the talking points that we always hear, right? You know, we've lowered the price of eggs, right? The inflation has gotten lower. Well, if you've been saving and earning in Bitcoin on a five-year scale, things have gotten, the lowest is 79% cheaper. So there's a solution to the affordability crisis. However, the solution 
is a non-state solution. And then we always bring this up, which is Bitcoin exposes all incentives. And here's the thing. Are these politicians really for the people, by the people? And Bitcoin has this beautiful thing, the beautiful feature that I love that I hear not that many people talk about is that it exposes incentives. Now, if it is a solution to the affordability crisis, and you could make an argument that it's a solution to shrinkflation, if it's a solution, you would think, hey, wait a second. You would think that these politicians would be for it, right? That's not at all what is happening. Let's take a look at the uh, the economic report coming out of the White House, right? This is something that we covered when it came out last year, March 21st, 2023. It says the Biden administration took aim at cryptocurrencies in a new report, arguing that many aspects of the digital asset ecosystem are creating issues for consumers, the financial system, and the environment. The, quote, Economic Report of the President published on Monday is an annual publication of the uh, Council of Economic Advisors aimed at explaining the President's economic priorities and policies. The March 2023 issue included an entire chapter on digital assets and economic principles. And here's the thing. They, they quote economic principles. Ladies and gentlemen, in those economic principles, they make the case for central banking, which is literally... What caused what she's talking about, the affordability crisis, the government debasing the currency? Okay, but you would say, Nico, that's just one report. You're crazy. Let me introduce you to the Elizabeth Warren, Warren bill. That, if passed, these are Pierre Richard's words, not mine, would essentially kill the Bitcoin mining industry in the U.S. Not only would it do that, it would also attack self-custody. Why are they so hell-bent on attacking self-custody? Because then they can't 6102 order if they get in a pickle. So this all like comes into, it all kind of goes around and all kind of summarizes itself into Bitcoin has really exposed what the state is. And from my perspective, unfortunately, right, if you look at Abraham Lincoln's like famous, uh, famous speech, right? Government for the people, by the people. Unfortunately, central banking since 1913 has Frankensteined the government to being a government by the government for the government. It is not a government by the people for the people. If American cities are falling into decay, and this happened yesterday, by the way, in the dead of night, and politicians are prioritizing sending $60 billion to fund a foreign war. And they're prioritizing that rather than, you heard her, the affordability crisis. I think we need to have a conversation. Now, this is something that was predicted. Now, this is something that we knew was going to happen. Bitcoiners knew it was going to happen for a while, but this, to give them credit... Is a book that the sovereign individual of which Peter Thiel wrote the foreword to. It predicted this. And the reason it predicted this, and it said that the internet has changed the discussion. The internet has changed everything. They call it information technologies. And the culture segment will, you know, we'll elaborate on that a little bit more. But to kind of summarize this block up, I do want to read you some of these passages. Things will start to make sense a little bit more. 
So it says new technologies will allow the holders of wealth to bypass the national monopolies that have issued and regulated money in the modern period. Their importance for controlling the world's wealth will be transcended by mathematical algorithms they have no that have no physical presence. In the new millennium, cyber money controlled by private markets will supersede fiat money issued by governments. Lacking their accustomed scope to tax, inflate, governments, even in traditionally civil countries, will turn nasty. Businesses that offer, offer services that facilitate the realization of autonomy by individuals will be subject to infiltration, sabotage, and disruption, arbitrary forfeiture of property already commonplace in the United States where it occurs 5,000 times a week will become even more pervasive. Governments will violate human rights, censor the free flow of information, sabotage useful technologies, and worse. This is where we are in the movie, ladies and gentlemen. So when you see hear the gaslighting, they're doing that on purpose. They're not naive. This is on purpose. And, and, it, and I don't blame them. They're protecting their moat. They're protecting that very sweet, special privilege that they've had that they feel that they're entitled to. And remember what Hayek said, we have found a sly roundabout way of which they cannot ban. And because they cannot ban it outright, and we'll get to more of that during the culture segment, they have to compete with it. And here's the thing. Bitcoin is just better. And because it's better, who do you think is going to win that competition? Right? So anyways, this is very exciting times, guys. Once we get over this bump, once we get over this hill, uh, I'm looking, I'm seeing, I'm foreseeing a freedom renaissance, the likes of which humanity has never seen before. And I'm beyond excited for that because it's going to be another step in, in humanity. Just like the separation of church and state was a big step, the separation of church, I mean, money and state, I think is going to be an even bigger step. And I think the world's going to be a lot better for it. Not only a lot better for it, not only is it going to have more economic opportunities, but also it's going to be a lot more peaceful too. Without that money printer, they can't keep funding those endless wars. They need that money printer to be able to afford those things. So anyways, very exciting times. Opti, what's your take on all this? Yeah, so let's, uh, first of all, Nico Jones is so back. Nico Jones is so back. They'd love to see it. Um, first of all, let's go back to that clip. I, I don't know who that lady was talking about a $50 minimum wage, but it's very interesting. You know, I say it all the time and, and we have the meme Bitcoin that Bitcoin changes you. You don't change Bitcoin. And before Bitcoin, $50 an hour minimum wage, like that would have sounded like a good idea to me. Obviously, I wasn't very educated in, in Austrian economics. I didn't really understand economics. And, you know, as, as an average everyday person, and you're like, yeah, pay me $50 an hour to do my minimum wage job. Like, uh, that sounds awesome. I, I would love more dollars. And then, you know, I found Bitcoin and I learned through a lot of study and, and just diving into the greats of economics, the Austrian economists out there that explain to you the real source of the problem. It dawns on you that a $50 minimum wage would actually cause more issues than solutions. And it's very interesting that we are in this position right now 
where you know all the talking heads on corporate press are are just constantly trying to gain favor by people that really don't know what's going on and they always just like spew out ridiculous quote unquote solutions and again nico you started that rip with like don't fall for the division guys like this is the important part about bitcoin like bitcoin is a political money it is the separation of money from state it's bitcoin versus fiat it's not you know democrat republican or whatever your political affiliation of choice is Anyone can adopt Bitcoin. Bitcoin is neutral money, and this is a feature. Anyone can use it, and this is the beauty of Bitcoin is that it is just a neutral money that sits out there that no one can control, that no one can manipulate, and that in turn, like Nico was saying, will improve society as a whole, especially when you're able to you know, uh, eliminate the parasite or the leech that's funneling off value to themselves. What do you think is going to happen to society when people are able to retain as much of their value that they create as possible? You will see that individuals not only will mentally free themselves, but financially free themselves and start creating the things that they want to see in the world. And society will improve. In the last hundred years, since the Federal Reserve was created, since we've basically gone on a paper money standard, uh, it's very you can make a very compelling case that society is starting to degradate, that it's starting to devolve. And I would argue it is because of the money. That's why Bitcoiners always say, fix the money, fix the world. So as much of the idea sounding good that, oh, yeah, let's raise 50 uh, minimum wage to $50 an hour. Obviously, an average person that is stuck in the hamster wheel, stuck in the rat race, like, of course, this sounds good. It sounds like, yeah, I would love to have more money. But if you don't understand the, mechan- the mechanism playing out right now, that would actually hurt you more. And you would essentially never make it out of the rat race, even though you are making more dollars, because they would essentially just be inflating the money supply. Like, where is this money going to come from? And not only that, she started that rant with like, I once owned a small business. It's like, how are these small businesses going to be able to pay for this? There'd be no more small businesses left and there'd only be the huge corporations in the world. So it's very interesting that the very people that they are trying to angle this message towards would get hurt the most in this process. And of course, they never talk about this. They never talk about the second order effects of printing money, of price fixing, and it essentially would hurt you, the individual. And this is why we always say, opt out of this. You do not want to use a money that another man or a woman can create out of thin air, and that's what Bitcoin is. And so you need to protect yourself because these politicians out here, again, you know, I said it yesterday, a guy talking about the Roman Empire, but we are at the point of a declining empire where the politicians and now the bankers are just trying to steal as much as possible, as quickly as possible before the population wakes up to what is actually happening. And this is why we tell you that you need to take some personal responsibility You need to take some initiative and you need to save in Bitcoin or else you're really going to be in a world of pain. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't want to see that. But again, I can't force you to save Bitcoin. We just do our best to either emotionally or logically hook you into the idea that you want to use a money that cannot be debased. It's a very simple idea. Like we don't have to complicate this. You just need to save in something that cannot be stolen from you, a.k.a. Bitcoin. Exactly. Don't don't middle of of the of the bell curve. It. <laughs> like it's really not that complicated, ladies and gentlemen. It's really not that complicated. Anyways, um, 
So guys, let's get to uh, the culture. We have a lot to talk about still. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to give a very, very special shout out to our sponsor. We wouldn't be here without our sponsors. And uh, one of our sponsors is Bitcoin Evangelism. Planting the seeds for the decentralized revolution. I told you guys, all of our sponsors are literally helping you that are helping you uh, with uh, what's going on. So this is called Bitcoin Evangelism, Planting Seeds for the Decentralized Revolution. Uh, it's a book by Brian DeMint, and it's an absolute beast of a resource for orange pilling no coiners and altcoiners alike. This is a book for Bitcoiners who know Bitcoin, but have a hard time explaining it to their friends. It's a book for Bitcoiners who are trying to explain Bitcoin only to altcoiners. It's available on Amazon right now. You can either check the link in the video description or you can scan the QR code on your screen. Get yourself a copy of Bitcoin Evangelism. If you have a brother, a mother, a father, a daughter, whoever, and you just you can't get to them. Uh, this is the tool for you. All right, everybody, let's get to the culture. We have a lot to talk about today. Let's check it out. Here we go. The Daily Culture. All right, everybody. I give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Kabumax, the most trusted place to buy, sell, and host mining equipment. It is Valentine's Day. What a better gift. What, what could be a better gift than getting your significant other a sweet, sweet Bitcoin miner? And you could do that by scanning the QR code on your screen right now. It will take you directly to the Kaboom Racks Telegram Marketplace, where you can connect with a member of their sales team. They make purchasing their products easy and transparent. They, all, they also could sell mining equipment with you. And they have a vast network of domestic and international customers you can tap into. This is where I personally buy my Bitcoin mining ASICs. Guys, if you want to get into Bitcoin mining, highly recommend at least dipping your toes uh, so you can get a feel for what, what is actually backing the Bitcoin network. Uh, check out Kaboom Racks today. And you could do that, scan the QR code or check the link in the video description. All right, everybody, no more, no more delay. Uh, we have a lot to talk about in terms of culture. Let's get to it. So let's start off with this first. This is something that came out of the United Kingdom. So not only are they attacking self-custody here in the U.S., uh, this is happening, uh, you know, on a, on a world at a worldwide level, right? Specifically in the countries that have very, very, uh, uh, very, very powerful fiat currency. So those governments, they're they're protecting their moat. We just talked about it, right? So this is coming out of the UK. Uh, this is confirmed, by the way. Um, so this is an email that Kraken in the UK was sending. Uh, sending everyone. By the way, this is coming to the U.S. Like, <laughs> make no mistake, they're gonna try to do this. The Elizabeth Warren bill is actually already uh, talking about it. Address a major gap with respect to quote unhosted digital wallets, meaning wallets of which you have the keys to and the government doesn't have the keys to. Um, anyways, regulation in the UK uh, require that we maintain up to date information about our clients and their ac account activity regarding self custody wallets. A self-custody wallet is one where you manage your private keys yourself, for example, a hardware wallet. 
after you reply, are so you have to confirm that you own or in control of the self-custody wallet that you are sending or receiving from. If you do not own or control the self-custodial wallets that you're sending and receiving from, please detail which addresses these are and who the owner and controller is and provide their residential address. It's very similar to what happened in the US, right? If you send more than $10,000, uh, or the equivalent of $10,000, you have to literally send that person's name, address, and social security number to the IRS, right? So same thing. Now, Beautyon had a great take. Beautyon is the founder of this amazing Bitcoin company called Azteco. And what Azteco allows you to do is it allows you to, by purchasing vouchers, it allows you to stack non-KYC Bitcoin. And uh, he provided a historical example, and I did a little bit of research myself. So in the 1990s, the French government tried, and this is goes back to a point that I was making in the beginning of the show that uh, Governments like, you know, like the church back in the day, they will try to stop the transition into the information age. They will try it. They will do whatever it takes, right? Uh, there's a great, uh, there's a great uh, quote by Naim Bukele just to kind of give you an idea of what they're willing to do, right? They're willing to fight, lie, smear, destroy, censor, confiscate, print, and do whatever it takes to maintain and increase their control over the truth and everything and everyone. Just to kind of give you an idea. That's not Nico's words. That is the president of El Salvador, Naim Bukele. So anyways, goes on to say, this is Beauty On. In the 1990s, the French government tried to mandate that everyone using PGP store a copy of their secret key with a government department. When they discovered that SSL worked with key pairs and that they would not be able to, uh, this is a French, fight uh, le commerce without dynamically creating an unregulated SSL certificates on demand, the proposal was dropped. The same thing will be true for Bitcoin. In the end, when everyone on earth is using Bitcoin and a billion people are on Samurai Wallet, no government that wants to avoid public humiliation will mandate that Bitcoin wallet users register with the government. Most Bitcoiners know nothing about the history of public key cryptography, the laws the state attempted to pass to control it and how all of this applies directly to Bitcoin and all they know about is number go up, right? Hey, it's, it's important, guys. We talk all about number go up, but remember, this is the separation of money and state. So during the culture segment, I do want to talk about this. I do want to talk a little bit about the history of government, uh, specifically here in the U.S., uh, fighting the ability for the public, uh, I'll, I'll read you the Wikipedia summary because I think it describes it best, uh, for it's basically attempts by the government. Uh, these are so-called called the crypto wars, not crypto as in cryptocurrency, but crypto as in cryptography. So um, it's an attempt unofficially dubbed. The crypto wars have been made by the United States and allied governments to limit the public's and foreign nationals, foreign nations' access to cryptography strong enough to thwart decryption by national intelligence agencies, especially the NSA. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember Barack Obama. We played you that video, right, a couple days ago where he's literally saying, you know, the world would basically go to shit if everyone had a Swiss bank account in their pocket and we, the government, couldn't have access to it. Well, let's take a look at that. Right, let's take a look at that. So this is Tucker. 
right? And we talked a lot about Tucker and a lot of people, maybe they took it personally because they don't like the guy. They don't like Putin. They don't like the interview that he conducted. But this is a tweet that I said a couple days ago before I play you guys that video. And I said, Tucker's interview represents the beginning of a future where individuals decide what to believe and not governments. And then someone got mad and they said, you know, they, he interviewed Tucker and he interviewed Putin. And Putin's a bad guy. Hey, listen, Putin's a trained KGB agent. I don't believe what the guy has to say. But if that's what you're focused on, you're missing the point. The historical significance of this event lies in the fact that the interview happened in the first place and was distributed on such a large scale, thereby circumventing the traditional gatekeepers of information, not the substance of the interview. That was the historic event. Because essentially what governments would like you to believe, what Barack Obama would like you to believe, is that they are not going to use these so-called back doors against you. Now, don't believe me? I read you a phrase from, the, from Naim Bukele. Now, hear it from Tucker. The, I'll, I'll start in reverse order. Why now? Well, I've been trying for three years to do this interview. Um, the U.S. government prevented me from doing it by spying on my text messages and leaking them to the New York Times. And that spooked the Russian government into canceling the interview. So I've been trying to do this, but my country's intel services were working against me illegally, and that enraged me because I'm an American citizen. I'm 54, I pay my taxes, I obey the law. And there was no expectation in the America that I grew up in that my government and its intel services, NSA and CIA, which were always outwardly focused on our foreign enemies, would be turned inward against American citizens. And I'm... I mean, right? Like, and then kind of making full circle, right? Because you could say, okay, but Nico, they're entitled. No, no. This is literally enshrined in the Constitution. And you tell me if spying on text messages of citizens, remember, there's freedom of speech. Right. If requiring you to so-called register, you know, your Bitcoin addresses or basically saying that self-custody is illegal. Uh, tell me if you believe this might go against the Fourth Amendment. I'm going to read it to you guys and you let me know what you think in the comments. The Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution is part of the Bill of Rights. It prohibits unreasonable searches and seizures and sets requirements for issuing warrants, right? And then you would be thinking like, Nico, like, yeah, that's totally unreasonable. Why is this happening? Well, to go back to the sovereign individual, lacking their accustomed scope to tax inflate and inflate governments, even in traditionally civil countries will turn nasty. This is why this is happening. The, the internet has disintermediated money, but it is also disintermediated information. And we're all living in the chaos of it right now. And what you can do as a sovereign individual, what you can do as a Bitcoiner is empower yourself. Do your own research. Don't rely on a single point of information. Don't rely on, you know, a single... Uh, a wallet. Don't rely on what people are telling you. Do your own research. Don't rely on the government's money. Choose what money you want to use. Obviously, we recommend Bitcoin. Clearly, it's the best money, but don't believe me. Verify it yourself, right? Stop trusting other people, especially when you have the capability, you have the tools 
in order to empower yourself to do your own research and to self-custody your money as well, right? So this is an inflection point in human history, and it's incredibly exciting because I'm telling you, it's going to change absolutely everything. Now, the last thing we want to happen is for people to get left behind, right? I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen to my family. I don't want that to happen to my friends. So I fight every single day to inform the people around me and to tell them about the tools that they can use to empower their own, to empower themselves, right? So anyways, Opti, what's your take on this? <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, first of all, that Kraken news, like what they're trying to KYC your private keys. Like the UK is crazy. What is going on? That's absolutely insane. I mean, we know that this was going to happen, but when they actually roll it out, it just makes me wonder like how are they even going to enforce this? But anyway, that's, that's totally other conversation. No, I mean, that's the whole point of that's yeah. what, that's what beauty on was saying. Exactly. It's unenforceable. It's unenforceable. They're, they're, they're fighting an uphill battle, but at the same time, it's like what they're trying to enforce itself is like, so it's so anti-American opti me and you are immigrants, dude. This wasn't the country we were sold on. The land of the free? My ass. This is a, this is like, what is this shit? This is Yo. crazy. But connect it with what I was saying during the news segment. It's like they're acting like this yeah. because they're desperate to yeah. protect the privilege of the money printer. Exactly. That's literally what they're trying to do. Exactly. And that's where I was going. Like, we know that the powers that be will try whatever they can to stop Bitcoin. And we all know we covered it last year in detail, like, I don't know, every other couple of weeks that the on and off ramps are the choke points. And remember Operation Choke Point 2.0, we know that they were going to try to attack the exchanges, whether that means making them go through unnecessary loopholes or trying to KYC everything coming from the exchanges or outright just trying to ban Bitcoin. Yet, we're not there yet, but this is how they do that sly roundabout ways in quotes to try to hamper Bitcoin. And man, this is why we tell you every single day that take custody of your bitcoin holding bitcoin directly is the revolution this is why in the beginning of the show i was kind of saying you know the all the bitcoin flowing into a spot bitcoin etf starts to make me feel uneasy is because i am a dar die hard monetary maximalist i am a die hard self-custody maximalist i think holding bitcoin directly is the safest way to interact with your money moving forward in the digital age and the fact that they're trying to stop you from custodying your Bitcoin or rather tag and bag you, your UTXOs and, and your control of your Bitcoin just goes to show how powerful it is. And this is them trying to stop it. You know, take custody of your Bitcoin. It's not illegal yet, though we know that they will try to stop Bitcoin. Remember, I jokingly and sarcastically say that uh, Brad Sherman and Elizabeth Warren are my favorite politicians because they say the quiet parts out loud and they are actively afraid of you taking custody of your Bitcoin. And it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, what are they going to do? Outlaw 12 words? Like, it's literally words. They can't stop Bitcoin. It's literally, it, it's nothing but ones and zeros and letters. It's words. Like, yeah, they can't you, stop you, the human language. Do you, do you blame them? Like, No, of course they not. They don't know. That, dude, they've been used to this godlike power of, of, of having that type of control over other human beings. Like, like, it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that they're attempting 
to oh, yeah without you know to 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 try to be like you know what like no like we could still do this right that's the pill that they're gonna swallow and they're gonna hate it like they're gonna they're gonna you know in the sovereign individual and I think Svetsky calls the the laggards right yeah the, uh, something like that right. Um, like, yeah, the world is changing guys and you can't stop it. Like the famous quote where is you can't stop an idea whose time has come. It's here, right? You can't stop this thing. You either get on the train and change with the times or you get left behind. This is the equivalent of saying that you're not going to use a smartphone today, right? Like it's the same thing. Like if you told me that back in the nineties, like, uh, you know what? In in 20 years, if I knew that the smartphone existed, I'm going to stick to my landline, right? Like, it's the same thing. Like, move with the times. And the thing is, guys, like, not everyone is capable of that. So that's where your role comes in as, as an individual. You have to help your friends and family. They're not as awakened as you are, right? They're not watching Simply Bitcoin every day, right? <laughs> they should not, be, though. They, they should be, <laughs> but they're not tuning into the show. So because they're not tuning into the show, I mean, like, guys, play that role. Be that Uncle Jim, right? Anyways, Optim, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. I, I, you, We pretty much covered it. Like, guys, they can't stop the English language, or rather, they can't stop language in general. Bitcoin is literally just ones and zeros and words. So the fact that they're that terrified about, you know, 12 words just goes to show that one, they fundamentally don't understand Bitcoin. And two, it's going to be absolutely impossible for them to stop this. They will try. But this is why we tell you guys to take Bitcoin into custody, be a part of the parallel Bitcoin economy, you know, hold Bitcoin directly. It is not your Bitcoin if you don't own the keys. And like you mentioned, you know, shouts out to Beautyon. I know everyone in the chat's probably blocked by Beautyon, but he's one of my favorite Twitter follows. Um, and and you know, we we have a precedent for this. The the crypto wars of the '90s. It just goes to show that this is a futile attempt from politicians, and hence why it's so important to stay vigilant. Even though we all get excited about number go up, remember why we are here. The why is the most important aspect about Bitcoin. Yes, you know, getting fabulously wealthy is is a perk and a positive, but taking the money printer out of their hands is the most important thing moving forward. Having a hard cap money, having moving the world towards a hard money standard is how we get back to a more prosperous future. And that's why we're here. You know, I don't have kids yet. Nico's about to have his first child. But the whole goal here is to pass on a better world than the one we left. I remember growing up in a world where that was like the, the standard status quo line, like make sure you leave the world better than when you left. And here we are having seen politicians and again i don't mean to disparage the boomers out there but a small cabal of boomers out here they're like let's just fleece the world for as much as possible get our kicks on route 66 and you know f them gen z and, and millennials like they're entitled you should just work harder i used to live off one work one job and you know and they, they don't really get into the economics of the situation that for most people 
it is a hopeless and futile future because they are on the fiat standard. And this is why we do what we do. And we try to find different angles to explain to people, whether it's through a logical route, whether through an emotional route, so that they realize what the game is. You are getting fleeced. Again, let me full screen this. You are getting stolen from and you don't understand the mechanism. And it is because of the fiat money and they will do anything they can to stop Bitcoin. Amen. I mean, bro, give yourself some bars. Bro. Amen. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. I hope you guys enjoyed the Valentine's Day special. We covered a lot on today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm your host, Nico. This is my legendary co-host, Opti. Uh, we love you guys. Smash the like button if you guys enjoyed the show. Really helps with the algos. Consider subscribing if you feel like we provided you value. We'll be back tomorrow for Thursday's episode. Uh, yeah, another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. Peace out, everybody. Take care and uh, enjoy Valentine's Day if you have a girlfriend. Don't worry, though. Number, it's bull market <laughs> next year. You will probably have a girlfriend by next year. This time next year, you'll have a girlfriend.